This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. I'm Patrick Edwards. And I'm David Merrill. And we are back in the studio today. It is another very cold, wintry day in Wyoming, but you know what? It's a good place to be. It's It's been a, a bit challenging on the snow side. We've had lots of snow in the state, but you know, if you like winter sports, you're in heaven right now. Well, it was 55 degrees warmer than it was a week or two ago. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's hard to believe. But. Yeah, it's still single digits, but <laughs> at least there's not a minus sign. The wind was, was a bit nippy today. Yeah, it was, but at least it wasn't like Cheyenne or Casper wind, so we'll take that. But anyway, it's good to be back on the podcast, and I've got a friend of mine in the studio today that it's really cool to have him on here because I've been seeing him over the years down at the store where he worked for a long time, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, Kevin Herman. It's good to have you on the show, man. And, you know, you've you've been like a mainstay in Riverton at the Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for a long time, and you finally retired. Finally, yeah. Yeah, and Rocky Mountain was uh, has been really good to me, was uh uh, as I've probably said a thousand times, I had the best job in town and uh, and still feel that way, I, even though I'm retired. It was, uh, yeah, what a, what a fabulous way to, to uh, pay the rent and uh, take care of life and, and enjoy life. So, yeah, it was a great opportunity at Rocky Mountain. It was a little over 30 years of growing up and learning. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Rocky Mountain Sports is like the mainstay sporting goods store of Riverton. Like it's on the main drag as you're going through town. If you need minnows, if you need lures, if you need shotgun shells, whatever you need, you stop there. And there's even a whole bunch of like Hallmark cards and kitchen stuff, all kinds of things. It's a great little, little shop. So I wanted to ask you, like, tell me about that journey for you. When, when did it start and how (laughs) did it start? Wow. So yeah, what a, boy, how much time do we have? So uh, <laughs> yeah, so in, for the folks who know Riverton and, and even really Wyoming, there had been Byright drugs all over the state. There were seven of them. And over a period of time, the the bigger box stores started easing in. Uh, this is uh, pre-Kmart days. And uh, so we had, there was Kmarts and then there started to be uh, Walgreens and things like that, and bigger chain stores. And these smaller mom-and-pop stores were having a hard time. And, and I was working managing the sporting goods department for Byright here. Um, I had uh, uh, kind of fell into that position. I had been a, a sales rep on the road, and, and actually uh, uh, my wife's family's from Riverton. I graduated high school here in Riverton. We had been living in Casper. Our second child was about to be born. Yeah, he was uh, diagnosed with hydrocephalus, which is uh, water on the brain. And uh, we were pretty concerned that, uh, you know, I couldn't be on the road, couldn't leave my wife with with, uh, 
the possible challenges that might be happening. And uh, so we settled back to Riverton, wanted to be around family, and I started looking for work and ended up at Byright. And uh, then Byright decided they were going to close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as life happens, but uh, uh, there's a gentleman out of Cody, Jim McCarter, who had a small sporting goods store in Cody and a nice grocery store. And uh, actually, I called him and said, hey, uh, Byright's going to close. It's a beautiful location. Uh, you really need a sporting goods store here. And three days later, he showed up and said, well, let's talk. And didn't take but probably 15 minutes. He put the deal together and boom, yeah, there I am. I got a job. So th that's <laughs> how that and that was in 92. So, uh, yeah, it's been, been a lot of years there. Wow. Yeah, pretty so, amazing. So Riverton can thank you for bringing Rocky Mountain Discount Sports to Riverton. Yeah, yeah, and it was, I, you know, and I, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I was, I needed a job. <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I had been told that uh, actually from the Berkeley fishing salesman said, hey, there's a guy in Cody looking to put a uh, sporting goods store in Jackson. You ought to call him. And i found his phone number this is back before you could google anybody <laughs> and uh, so it took a little work but i got his number and uh, called him and said hey this is a great location uh, the business is closing just due to the fact that that john preto who was the owner of byright was getting up in age and he had had enough made enough and just wanted to retire and really had not had any great offers on the business so he was just going to close the guys thought about it for a little bit and came down and said looks good we'll take it so that's that's how wow. that all happened it was pretty cool it's pretty awesome that is awesome yeah. i can remember cool. 06 i came into town to do an antelope hunt as a non-resident and stopped in that little store to pick up my tags and whatever odds and ends and bits we needed <laughs> left over right and that little store had more inventory chalked in it and <laughs> then some of the big box stores have in their whole place i mean you yeah. you did a stellar job of, uh, we, we of utilizing space yeah yeah we filled it up we had a lot of fun and and uh yeah it was a, a what a fabulous education and and just the overall opportunities of just the daily meeting of some of the neatest people i it's amazing over the counter how many people that are just unique individuals that you don't know till you talk to them and uh, I'd, I'd just been blessed literally blessed to to be able to uh meet some great people do a lot of great things gosh played played hard and worked hard i was going to ask you about that what, what are your, some of your favorite memories of working at rocky mountain and some of the opportunities that it afforded you oh gosh uh, dude there was just so many i well, it was interesting in the early years because i really didn't know what i was doing at all you know i got keys thrown at me and said hey hire some employees open a bank account and you now run a store <laughs> and that was uh <laughs> yeah whoa there were some my wife and i spent a lot of long nights uh figuring out how to do books and how to how to run the thing and and i had Thursdays off. So every Thursday I decided, okay, I'm gonna learn this business. I am going to learn this. So every Thursday on my day off, I would go somewhere and do something with one of my customers. 
So I might be pheasant hunting with one. I might be chucker hunting with one. I might go ice fishing. I might be sitting in a boat uh, walleye fishing. And that's how I learned the business. And it's how I learned the customers was uh, Thursdays. Get out there and and, uh, every Thursday was kind of a new adventure. And uh, a great, great way to learn the business. Great way. A lot of fun. So from the... uh manufacturer side of the uh, table here <laughs> as as kind of the middleman the, the retailer the brick and mortar person right you're going to nbs sports inc you're going to these big buy group shows there's a lot of competitive products how do you discern what you're going to put on your shelf and put in front of your customer because i mean there's there's a variety of of lures there's a variety of rods there's a variety of firearms there's even a vi- variety of bow carriers right oh there is there is and uh you know i'm i'm certainly not gonna act like i had a a, a a crystal ball and could figure all of it out i made plenty of mistakes looking at a product and saying man that is fantastic but after a period of time you you you, you learn and uh you know, part of the game that we would do was would be that if we had to sit and explain to someone a lot about the product, we probably shouldn't have it in the store because you had to sit, you had to show somebody every bit of it. Now, it's one thing when you got a pair of binoculars or a spotting scope and there's something new and you're explaining how to actually focus a binocular and actually what all the numbers mean because it's it's amazing how many folks just don't know and uh so it's it's that part of it is 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 the fun part of the business the other part is that when someone hands you a a new ice fishing tip up that is fully automatic and it takes you a long time to set it up (laughs) now you have to explain that and that's hard so filtering through the products is is uh that's the fun part that's the game is is Man, that looks cool. I'd I'd like to have that. If I'd like to have it, I bet other people will too. So a lot of people, they clamor for anything to get into the outdoor industry. They want to work at an outdoor store. They want to work for, you know, a bow spider, a PK lures, a high mountain, something to be, a, a, you know, associated with the outdoors. What kind of advice would you give them if they're looking to go into like what you were working in, which is the retail side of that outdoor experience what kind of advice would you give somebody who's listening to this that's considering that well that you know that's a that, that's a big question it really is a big question because that i'm pretty old school i you know i when i started and and as i ran business we didn't have internet we didn't have youtubes we didn't have all of the wonderful tools that you have now I mean, uh, you know, as as I was driving here to to come do the the podcast here, I was thinking about some of the the things that I had seen that were wonderful, and I remember when the first neoprene waders came out. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that was earth shaking! Mm-hmm. You know, we'd all been wearing rubber waders and canvas waders, and now there's this new product, and you don't drowned when you fall down where rubber waders could fill full of water pull you to the bottom they were cold they were heavy they were cumbersome and now you've got this nice neoprene wader since then now we have breathable lightweight phenomenal great pockets (laughs) and that is the thing in the industry now that is just 
absolutely amazing is that it's a pretty pretty chic business now and and a place to be and backpacks are fabulous and and uh, hiking boots are so much better than they used to be and clothing is more technical and and geez you can stay outside a long time now you know and yeah. and used to be we had waffle thermal underwear and and uh you layered car up hearts. And, yeah car hearts <laughs> and and that so the it, it has changed but back to the question of somebody wanting to get into it really you just have to show up and want to know the product and learn the product and you got to be able to talk to people mm-hmm. and that's that's really what it amounts to you just got to be a people person yeah if you're going to work in retail you have to be willing to talk to people. You, you have do. to be friendly. You have to be approachable. And yeah. And also show like a passion and a knowledge for the product, right? Like you do have to. And, and if you're going, if, if you're going to succeed and, uh, you know, as we all know, you can, now you can pick up your telephone and order anything you want from halfway across the country and have it at your house in three days. So the challenge now is that if you're going to be in a box store, and you're in that mom and pop sporting goods store. You you you're going there for a reason. You're hopefully you'll have someone there that says, "Hey, this is why these boots are two hundred and ninety dollars instead of a hundred and twenty or fifty five that you find at 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 another store." And that's the difference. And that's what we tried really hard to do is. If you walked in and said, "Hey, I want a GPS," you you there's more than one model. So what are you doing with it? How do you want to run it? What what are your plans? And of course, now you can, as a consumer, you can learn these things. And and the evolution of the customer and the evolution of retail sales is, boy, that's a moving target. It is really a moving target. But what a fun challenge. So going back to some of your trips that you did, are there some that stuck out in your mind where maybe things went really well or really badly oh, <laughs> on you know, those Thursdays? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean anybody that uh, that is outdoors has had a has had a story. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, I've got some great stories that that uh, uh, we decided. I had a, a customer one time say, "Let's go chase some uh, geese," and they're out off the edge of Boise. And, and uh hop in my truck and i've got my son we got him out of school just right just out of out of school and 3 30 in the afternoon and he hops out of the truck and starts airing the tires down and my son who's young says dad what's he doing (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i said well i don't know son but we'll figure this out and his gentleman airs his tires down and takes out across the mud flats at boyson and we're driving across the lake, and my son's like, "Dad, is this safe?" <laughs> well, I don't know, son. We'll find out. And uh, we uh, we're we're driving pretty fast, uh, <laughs> right across the mud flats. It was at the causeway, and yep. the lake was very low. Yep. It was in the fall, and uh, crusted mud out there. And all of a sudden, we hear water, and the brakes went on, <laughs> and the truck sank to about the mirrors. And, oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, so we crawl out the windows and uh, got the handyman jacks out and 
lifted up the truck and got some planks out. We did finally get the truck out, and my son said, is this the way you're supposed to do this, Dad? <laughs> no, son, this is not. So, yeah, we've 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 had some adventures. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that's one going kind of south. That one went south. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's a good one where you know maybe you had just like an epic day fishing or hunting? Gosh, or we've I've been blessed with some fabulous fishing trips, and uh, I just recently had 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 one where. Uh, uh, the the new manager of Rocky Mountain, Richard mm-hmm. uh, Bybee. Uh, Richard and I were up at Trail Lake ice fishing, and uh, two of the employees from Rocky Mountain were actually up late season elk hunting and saw our vehicle and came out on the ice. So one of them says, hey, so tell me about your fish finder. And we've mm-hmm. got the new Garmin's and Panoptics, man, they're nice, and uh, they had not ever seen them, so I'm showing them, and I said, "Now, see, that's that's a fish right there on the screen, and and uh, let me show you." And wham, my rod goes down. Kind of nice. I got an audience. Rod goes down. I'm fighting and fighting and fighting, and I had two rods out, and uh, boy, this fish is tangled up in the second rod. We're kind of have a little rodeo going, and. I get the fish and it comes by and its tail is bigger than the eight inch hole. Uh oh. And it's a brown. And now I'm a little excited. And uh, it's a beautiful brown. So I'm working it and working it and we get it close and we were going to for sure release it. So, you know, we got to figure out how to get this brown one four pound fluorocarbon line through this hole and Richard reaches in with both hands and can't get them around its head. It's that big. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we're just, ah, uh, and, I, you know, you always hear fish stories, but this was a solid eight-pound fish, just absolutely gorgeous. And we get it close. We can't quite. We've only got about four inches of ice, so it's really not pointed up the hole. You don't have, when you have 18 inches of ice, it's going to stay a little longer in the hole. Mm-hmm four inches they doesn't stay long so breaks my line and takes off and i'm pouting but i had an audience this was kind of nice i got to show off <laughs> and one of the other guys goes um he's still on your other rod and it was tangled in the other oh, line Oh yeah so we start bringing it in i start bringing it in backwards with the other line and we get it up to the hole again and broke off again so i lost the same fish Ugh. twice so that, that was, uh, but it was fun, and it was a beautiful, beautiful brown. The next weekend, Richard and I went back up there, and Richard got a 25-inch brown. So it was, I'm sure mine was a lot bigger than that. Yours was at least <laughs> way inches. Yeah, way bigger. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. That, that was, that that was a fun like, adventure. Sounds know? like an epic trip to me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a lot of fun. So yeah, it's been uh, been a been a fabulous ride, and Fremont County is just, gosh, we have such fabulous opportunities all around us. You know, forty five minutes e- any direction, you have everything from elk hunting, antelope hunting, uh, chuckers, Hungarian partridge, pheasant. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's and from walleye to bass to lake trout. So. Geez, we're just spoiled. And now tiger muskies. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so I got to hear about that because I know Danny was sure excited when you caught that tiger muskie out of Bass Lake. So tell me a little bit more about that. 
That was a fun trip. Uh, we were out in a, a pretty small boat uh, out at, at Camelweight, and uh, we were running uh, uh, fire tiger crankbaits, deep diving. Uh, we were trying to be on the bottom in that 15, 17 foot, and uh, all of a sudden, zzzz, and uh, boy, the race was on, and, and uh, y- you know you have one when you hook it, because they're just, it, it just has got so much more fight than a bass or, or a perch or, oh, or yeah. a trout. A lot, <laughs> a lot of fun, and, and uh, so we were smart enough, we pulled all the motors up and got everything out of the way. And uh, it uh, got airborne behind the boat, and then we knew what it was. And then I got really nervous because <laughs> I knew it was going to go away, and and I didn't have I wouldn't I didn't have a lot of heavy line, and I was running probably six pound test line, and I was sure, boy, it's it it's I'm going to lose it. And it made about five passes at the boat, and every time it'd get close to the boat, it just. Zzzz, and off it'd go Mm -hmm. and i'd go (laughs) and hope and hope and hope and it'd i'd get it back to the boat and but after five we got her in and it was 38 inches and and for for here that was that was a fabulous fish uh you know for places that really have them it's it's not that big but for here, it was a great fish. So I can take and mark that off the list that I got it done. You got a tiger muskie. Got a tiger muskie, yeah. <clears throat> I'll never forget the first one I ever caught. I was in Utah with Danny. And we were fishing a little little lake called Newton. And yeah. it had a whole bunch of them in there. And I had been trying for a couple of years. I'd gone to LAK Reservoir. I'd gone to other like Gray Rocks and some other places where they had them. And I just... I had follows. I even had one that struck and I pulled the bait out of its mouth because I was so excited because I could see it coming yeah. like a big one, like over 40 inches. Ooh. And that just killed me. Yeah. So we go to Newton and he's like, you're going to, you're going to get bit. Like you, you just got to go for it. You got to, you know, just get your baits out there. Keep going. Well, like the first one that I had a strike from, I wasn't paying attention. Like Danny told me, cause he said, always do a figure eight at the boat or, you know, do a, a swirl with it. Just, just to make sure nothing's falling it. So, I'm a dum-dum and I'm running the trolling motor and I look up and I pick my bait up and this tiger muskie jumps out of the water trying to grab my bait and jumps as high as my trolling motor and then back down over the other side of the valley. I'm like, crap. Okay. (laughs) It's like, oh shoot. Wow. But it was a few hours later I got my very first one and man, that's, they, they hit violently and they fight really hard. They are so aggressive and, and the uh learning curve is is a quite a thing as you know mm-hmm. you know we get this this the one i caught we get it in the boat and then we realize that boy they have teeth and big teeth and we're really not gonna lip it and try to get that hook out of there and then we realize that we don't have a hook remover that's long enough to go down their throat and no gloves <laughs> and we realized we were really not prepared for that particular beast. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we fumbled through it, and uh, there is now much longer hook removers in the boat. Mm-hmm. There are gloves in there. So, yeah, we're, we're a little more prepared now. <laughs> and yeah. I can see now that I've done one that uh, I can see how you get addicted. I mm-hmm. can see how... how uh, there can be a passion for okay. We have to do that again. We we need to figure this out because it's uh, what gets gets in your blood. I was telling my kids a story about one of the first tiger muskies I caught. It was on that same trip, 
and I actually had the lure out the other day because I'm trying to get all my stuff organized because it's going to warm up someday. It's not going to be today, but it's going to warm up someday. So I, I found the spoon that I caught my first tiger muskie and my first northern pike on, and it's a ounce and a half PK flutterfish fire tiger. The fish that I've caught on that, it, it originally, Pat O'Grady had put a bucktail on the treble hook off the oh, back. Yeah. Well, it had been destroyed, and so I had to put new new bucktail on it. But I was telling them a story. I'll never forget this. <laughs> I'm in Newton. There's this little kind of a, a sandy little underwater you know hump that was about 20 feet from the shore. Danny's like, there's always a fish right there. And so I cast this. And, and he would know. And he would know. <laughs> so I, I cast this spoon, and I let it hit, and I just let it fall. And I rip it, and I let it fall, and I rip it, and I let it fall. And I remember it's about 20 yards from the boat. I can see down into the water, and I can see this log following it. Oh. And oh. Danny's like, oh, man, get ready, you know. And I, I ripped it one more time really hard, and that fish closed 10 feet in a millisecond hit that spoon and took off the other direction. I barely had time to think before Mm. it was going and screaming and peeling line off. That was really exciting. And then my very first Northern Pike, I was at Merritt Reservoir with my family because Danny had said that would be a cool place to go fish sometime. And so I went there and there was this log that was like laying in the water. And I remember I took that spoon, did the same kind of thing, threw it up next to that log ripped it a couple of times and all of a sudden this dark shadow goes flying out, grabs it and mm-hmm. takes off and I caught my first pike. So yeah, it's those fish are extremely fast and really fun to catch. They are. Yeah. You did a lot in the retail world. What is one of the craziest things you've ever seen out at, at the store? Because I have a lot of friends when I work for Lowe's that worked the retail side, right? I did the distribution side. I typically didn't deal with the customers a lot, but they always had some interesting stories of what would happen and transpire um, <laughs> at the store level. So I'm just curious, uh, what, are, what are some stories from the store? You know, boy, there, there's just, yeah. I mean, anytime you, <laughs> anytime you hang out in retail, we have seen some, some interesting things of uh, folks that, uh, I, I, maybe eccentric's the word, Mm-hmm. I and and some of the things uh, you know I I learned early on definitely by uh, a little baptism by fire but uh, you know we we have preconceived notions of reality and and not reality and I remember one time a gentleman coming in the store and saying I'm really mad at this particular bullet company because that they're reloading bullets for my 44 mag have a little dimple on the side and at 600 yards my handgun isn't accurate (laughs) well i wanted to throw the flag and say this isn't right and uh, but you know yeah i guess you know the 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 retail and the salesman in me said well let's talk about this and 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 i'm trying to put in my mind uh Somebody shooting a 44 Magnum at 600 yards, and I'm trying to be polite, but it's it's hard, <laughs> and and he's insistent. So I said, you know what? This is the days before the internet. So um, I called the bullet company and I said, hey guys, I have a gentleman here, and uh, 
here's what he says. And we, they chuckled a little bit and they said, well, they're not made to shoot 600 yards. And that dimple's there because when we put them on the assembly line, that's where the lead breaks off and, and it doesn't affect them up to 50 yards, but we don't shoot at 600. So, and I let him hear the full, whole conversation and, and we get off the phone and he goes, you don't believe me, do you? And I said, well, it's a little tough. <laughs> and he says, what are you doing for your lunch today? And I said, oh, nothing. And he says, let's go to my house and I'll show you that I shoot 600 yards with my handgun. And I, okay, I want to see this. So I, I'm going to pull the flag again and say, I got to see this. So I do. I go to this gentleman's and we drive outside of town and he's got a bench built off of the back of his ranch and it's about eight foot platform off of the ground and there's a, a, a bench there and you climb up this ladder and you sit down and he said, you see that? Those are balloons at 600 yards. And he pulls out a handgun and starts shooting at him. And he hit him. Wow. And so that was a good lesson early on that, you know, maybe there's some folks that can actually do that. That's scary. It was. <laughs> and, and, wow. you know, and I'd ask him, I said, so what prompted you to do this? Why, why would you do this? And he says, because I can. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those were, those were things I learned early on in retail that, you know, there's some pretty amazing people out there. And they, there's some that, there, there's a lot of stories, lots and lots, <laughs> but some of them actually come to fruition and, and can be true. So when you're telling that story, I had a really vivid thought of one of my friends, Matt, growing up, he would be that guy. Matt would be like, well, I'm going to do this because I can do it. I mean, why not? Like, why haven't you tried shooting a yeah. forty-four Magnum? Doesn't everyone? Yards, you know? Yeah. That's, that's an interesting story yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. We've, wow. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, you know, I've been really, really, really blessed to, to meet some great people and uh, some talented people. And, and uh, we cowboy action shot for a while, my son and I, and to see some of the guys out of the Lander group and out of the Dubois group that, oh, my goodness, with a single action pistol and rifle were just amazingly fast and amazingly accurate. And, uh, you know, you look at that and say, but he's a school teacher in Shoshone, you know, mm -hmm. how, how, he can shoot that good. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, there, so I've been blessed to, to, uh, yeah, in the, at the retail level to be able to hang out with some great people, do some great things, learn a lot, uh, make a lot of mistakes, get stuck in the mud, um, yeah. <laughs> fall down in the mud, all kinds of things. But yeah, wow. been, been pretty lucky. Been really lucky. Yeah. Been a great life. That's, it's, it's really cool. Cause I mean, when I was a little kid, I remember, I think the first time I ever met you was when I was little and I was fishing at the rendezvous ponds as part of the youth fishing derby. And this was back in, I think the nineties. And yeah. you guys were there. You guys had provided tackle and equipment for the kids. And I remember going there and catching a couple of, couple of stalker rainbows and feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you guys have been, you know, like I said, a mainstay of the community for a long time. Yeah, we were, we've been, been around a long time and seen a lot. Um, you know, gosh, I as I was driving here and thinking about the, the things that, 
I mean, gosh, just, you know, seeing GPSs be introduced and, and essentially open to the public. Bear spray. I mean, yeah. it, nobody <laughs> knew what bear spray was not that long ago. And, and you know, the neoprene waders and then just to look at fish finders of oh, how geez. we you know, used and, to have a paper graph. And, and fish augers, too. Oh, like the ice goodness, fishing yeah. augers nowadays are yeah. like head and shoulders above the old school augers. I yep. mean, the innovations in fishing and hunting have just blown up. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, especially when you're talking about Onyx. Now yeah. we've gone to, you've got the GPS on your phone. It's no big deal. Your panoptics where you can see the fish swimming, Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> right 80 feet you. away. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It really is. And and it has been fun to watch all of that evolution and 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 amazingly how fast it is changing. I, I, you know, just in a, in one year, two years, three years, the, the amount of innovation has just been incredible. I mean, as simple as, as I look at, you know, uh, uh, coffee mugs, my goodness, used to be that, uh, you know, coffee mug would hold your coffee, but wouldn't keep it warm hey, half a day now or more. Yeah. Or yeah. more. So it, it is just, yeah, it's been, been pretty interesting to see that and, and to have your, your uh, access to all of this great technology is pretty cool. Pretty cool. So I've had in my mind, David, and this is something we should try at some point. There's all this new technology. You've got these young guns and you've got some of the older crew that have the experience. I would love to put on a fishing tournament one of these days where we strip away all the technology and we say, all right, you're going to go to a lake you've never fished before you're going to do this on your own with no technology. Good luck. You're like no yeah. research, no nothing. And just put the old guys against the young guys and just see how it shook out. Because like there's, there's local guys here that I am just in awe of. I'm still not even in the same class with these guys. I mean, they're just really, really good anglers. And I mean, I would love a challenge like that, but it's like, man, they probably whoop my butt, but it, it would be really fun to see something like that. Cause you know, a lot of the guys now, they rely really heavily on that tech oh, yeah. to find the fish. Whereas yeah. somebody like my friend Rick that I go fishing with, he just knows based on the seasonal patterns and the birds and the wave action that day, the pressure, yeah. he knows where to go. It's like, and I'm, I'm trying to learn that stuff. Cause I'm like, that's important. Cause I may not have the technology all the time to be able to use, but that would be kind of a fun fishing tournament yeah, that to watch. Would, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that reminds me of early in the 90s, we had had uh, walleye fishing was a big deal, as, as it is yep. now, but it was a big deal. And uh, we had sponsored, and I, at, for the life of me, can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was a writer for In Fisherman Magazine. And he came in and did a walleye clinic in our archery range. And it was fabulous because they were talking about how to use planer boards and planer boards were pretty new mm -hmm. and uh, it was kind of neat thing and talking about fish finders that that were could read sideways and we were in awe wow so we have this great seminar we get all done and uh we're, we're done and i and so i visit with him and i i said so tell me tell me how how you fish tell me what you're doing for walleye and he smiled and he reached in his pocket and he pulled out about a two inch by four inch little plastic tackle box and it had four crocodile spoons in it. He had a hammered brass, a smooth brass, hammered copper, smooth copper, 
hammered nickel, smooth nickel. And he said, anywhere in the world, that's what I use. And we had just had a two-hour <laughs> seminar on all the latest, greatest stuff. And this guy's got it in his shirt pocket, and that's all he used. So yep. it would you're right. That would be a hoot to, uh, to throw uh, the world out there and maybe not have uh, uh, a contour map of the lake mm-hmm. and uh, all of the uh, uh, app on your phone that tells you today is a great day to fish. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that, that might be fun. I think it would, Yeah, you know, and just see where people shook out and, you know, and how they did and how they adjust to that. Right. Because it's, I don't know about you, but like anytime I'm like driving by a new lake, I'm like, Ooh, I want to go try that spot. I want to go look at that. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And I think it would be kind of fun to see how people navigated that challenge and see if they could actually handle it. Yeah. Oh, I I think it'd be fabulous. You know, I I made the mistake of taking everything out of my boat and laying it in the driveway while I was putting everything away for the fall. And my wife said, when did you get all that stuff? You need to be more sneaky about this. Kevin. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and the sheer number of batteries and, and mm-hmm. all of that, uh, just, you know, you, you're, you, yeah, the, the world's changed a lot since I started paddling around in a, in a, in a little, little tiny rowboat to now it's lots of batteries and charging systems and, and uh, big boats big boats and fast motors and uh, map of the lake and and off you go and and that was another thing that that we heard a lot in the store people would walk in and say well when is the best time to fish and we heard that a lot and uh, the standard answer was you know any given day a, a guy fishing a tournament's going to be under every condition there is and they catch fish so you just go when you can go. Yep. You know, you're not waiting for that. Well, the moon phase says today's the day, so I'll go today. No, you just go. You learn it, figure it out, go have fun. You go do the best you can. Yeah. It's kind of like hunting with that too, isn't it, David? Oh, yeah. It, there's there's obviously moon phases, and there's going to be the, the best day of the, of the month. But, you know, the, I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, the best way to catch fish? Have your line in the water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to go to win. You know that's yeah. that's really what it amounts to. You, the, the best way to get a big elk, get lots of elk tags and go elk hunting a lot and learn elk, right? <laughs> yeah, and as we've all heard, well, you know, you just don't shoot a little one. That's that that that's hard though. <laughs> that is hard. And, yes, and sir. I mean, because everybody, you know, I'm I've got a goal to shoot a, a mule deer over two hundred inch. Oh, we spent oh seven days this last year, Kevin, in a really good unit. And I came home with a 177. He's a beautiful buck. Oh, it's a fabulous buck. Anybody should be proud of that deer. And I am proud of him. Uh, Mike Kentner here is shoulder mounting him. He's going to hang up here by the others. But I have a goal. It's like I got to shoot that sure. that 44 mag. I got to shoot it 700 yards. <laughs> there right? you go. I have a goal. I, my bullets are only making it 600 yards. We got to fix this. So that leads me to a question of, We'd be remiss without saying, you know, all three of our sponsors' products are hanging in that store in there, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, and you've 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 got to see that inventory turn, and as a manufacturer, inventory turns almost as important to me as oh, it's very know, important. You know, because yeah, getting you at one of these trade shows or or coming into your store and getting you to carry the products one thing, but keeping it on the shelf season after season, year after year. What are some things? 
you know, that you as the buyer for the store are looking from those manufacturers to, to keep that retail space under well, their company. Y- y- they have to keep it fresh. And, and, you know, we all have to kind of reinvent ourselves. I mean, so you, you do have to do that. And I, I think probably more now than when I first started the business, um, now we, we have a, a generation of uh, instant gratification kids. And, uh, you know, what can you do for me today kind of thing, not, not longer term. So that, that throws out the challenges. But for us, as long as, yeah, first, first and foremost is that we have to trust the product. So uh, for us as a retail store, at least in my, my store, it was, you, you had to feel confident about the company had to feel good about the product, had to know that this is cool. And wow, you put this on the side of your backpack and now your bow is not falling, it's not dangling, you don't have your arrow drop, you're, you're not worried about your string fraying and just those things. And you gotta think those through and the same with with your seasonings. You know, if, if, the, <laughs> if it doesn't taste good, it's gonna be hard for me to sell it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so those are those are pretty important, but you got to yeah. have a good package and you've got to have it placed in the right place. And then you I, for me, the challenge is making sure that my employees know it and mm-hmm. understand the product. And that was the constant thing is trying to constantly train and say, hey, this is a fabulous product and you all got to just try this. You just got to. And, and we would try very hard to get anything new out to the employees to at least take home and play with. So they could could talk about it because if you if you can't, it's just another shiny thing sitting in the corner. And I mean, like PK for example, you know you have other competitors' lures hanging on the shelf there, and if the if the guys behind the counter haven't gone out and gone fishing and used it and seen the actual, yeah. you know, because because in the packaging you could lay three lures there that are all ten dollars and they're all similar size and color and go yep. i i don't know the difference exactly you go and, out and fishing and when one catches ten to one fish <laughs> to the other it's it's, that it's pretty apparent yeah. exactly and and that 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 plays a big part especially in a small community like us here in in the riverton lander area is that it, i'm sure every community has got their local pros and if this guy's using uh, you know this camouflage clothing, everybody's going to want it because this guy is successful. This guy, have you seen the pictures? My goodness. And, and the same thing with fishing. You know, yep. if he's holding a fish every weekend that's big, you probably want to know what he's using. And what line, what reel. Exactly. What electric trolling motor. Maybe it's, it's, yes. it's got a better electric trolling motor. I need to upgrade yeah. mine. Yeah. And, and that is, in, in smaller communities, that's really important. Yeah. Uh, the bigger market is that's a whole nother world, and that's the that's where the the outdoor shows and and the expos and things um, exposes people to that. But on a local level, it's that it's that local guy that just is good at what he does, and you wanna you wanna you want that same success. You're gonna do the same thing or try try really hard. Yep. And some of those guys, quite frankly, are just at a different level. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize that until you try it. I mean, I look at guys like Danny was as a fisherman, Mark Hill. There's a number of guys that like you go with them and you're just like, wow, 
Yeah. You know, it, it, it's just, it's impressive what they can do. And <laughs> there's some guys like that for PK, like Tim Jenny, he's, he's their pro up in Saskatchewan. That guy catches, you know, he had the catch and release world record walleye. You know, the guy's incredible. Um, and he caught it on a PK spoon. So then of course that was the big break for PK was that moment, right? Like that's what really just kind of blew things up for them. But man, you go fishing with that guy. He's just so good. And he's got the feel. He knows what he's doing. He's got the cadence. You know, he just knows how to trigger those fish. So that's, it is hard because there are lots of great lures out there. There's lots of great, you know, boat packing systems. There's lots of great seasonings. But what I like about, you know, our three sponsors is the people that make the company great, you know, and in working with them is awesome. Their products work well. So I feel good across the board because I know I'm working with good people and what they have works really well. You know, I was telling Kevin about, you know, my brown trout today that I got on a half ounce flutterfish. Like it catches big fish. It's it's a great lure for that. And, you know, I'm always going to use it. And Dave and I are always using high mountain seasonings for elk, for fish, for everything. Pigs. Pigs, yeah, bacon. Making buckboard <laughs> bacon cure. Um, and Kevin, I know you've had lots of experience using High Mountain for oh, different yeah. things. You know, what's one of your favorite things to use oh, High gosh. Mountain for? Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. I, we've probably made a, I don't know, a, I would say about a half a cord, maybe half a truckload <laughs> of uh, <laughs> snack sticks. And, and, yeah. and uh, you know, we kind of, at an antelope just uh, fabulous snack sticks Mm -hmm. and uh the uh the uh sweet and spicy is perfect for antelope uh kind of like the pepper blend and and uh, yeah we made a lot a lot of snack sticks and out of the antelope and it was a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. and what a it kind of the what a social event you know, you got the whole family there. You got your <laughs> friends there. The whole dining room table has got grinders and sausage stuffers and, and meat and seasoning and scales. And I, it's a fun time. It really yes. is. It is. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's something that uh, once you start, you're you're hooked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, and that's so that's probably the most famous. I mean, I I, I like their uh, smoke seasoning for the fish. The it, It's fabulous. Just fabulous. I'd. I've tried my share of, of <laughs> I'm going to throw this and this and this in and you know, there's works and, and I like it. So yeah, it's good company and, and uh, gosh, they're just like a big family. I mean, yeah. they really are. They are just like a big family up there. That's, it's, it's pretty neat operation. And is and we're, we're once again, blessed that it's in Fremont County. It's yeah. pretty amazing. You know, you talk about the fish brine, that gourmet fish brine. Dave and I are it's both great. sold, man. That stuff is so good. <laughs> I've had several people approach me, you know, and they've heard the podcast. Like, man, you, you push high mountain seasoning pretty hard. I'm like, yeah. You're like, you're always talking about PK and bow spider and this. I'm like, because I'm talking about good products that work. That's good stuff. Yeah. But they're like, is it really, you know, I had somebody the other day, we gave a pair of sheep feet away, you know, and we've had Caleb on here. He's great. And they're, they're custom orthotics. Uh, for your feet you send out a mold they send you these orthotics right and a guy commented on our giveaway those aren't even going to last a a trip right and i commented back i said well they kind of have a lifetime warranty so if they're only lasting one trip 
<laughs> they're going to have a pretty a good one. turn. I'm like, mm. I've had a pair for 600 days. They're in my shoes all the time. I ordered a second pair because I got tired of taking them out of my hunting boots, <laughs> putting them in my tennis shoes, putting them out of my tennis shoes, right? Because every time I'd go somewhere, I'm like, oh, they're not in the right shoes. So I solved this. I got one in my tennis shoes, one in my hunting boots, whatever <laughs> I'm wearing, right? Nice. So, I, nice. You know, the, these questions about I'm not going to promote products that I don't believe in it. Mm. And when they one we're talking about high mountain seasoning. I've always joked about duck and goose is great if you mix it 50% with beef fat or pork fat and, <laughs> and make jerky sticks. Well, Patrick used their recipe and made 100% duck with high mountain seasoning, Made and they were jerky. good. Yep. Yeah. I used that mesquite blend, uh, mm-hmm. waterfowl mesquite. Oh, my gosh. That stuff was really good, wasn't it? Almost as good as the antelope. Not quite, but... It but, was good. You know, I'd say antelope's 10 out of 10, and those were 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And we did a whole bunch of the snack sticks this year with, with elk. You know, we did pepperoni sticks, and then we did the cracked pepper and garlic. Mm. I love both of those. Yeah, <laughs> those are really yeah. good. Yeah. And David, you had some that you'd done with, like, whitetail, I think it was, or something like that, or some kind of deer that you brought when we went hunting that one day. That was really good. I mean, their their snack sticks are amazing. And easy. Easy. You know, and that's that's... That's a plus. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a plus. So easy I can do it. I mean, yeah. come on. And you look good when you show up and you open up a Ziploc bag and say, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. I, you never have anybody say, ooh, what was that? No, it's, <laughs> They're it's, always asking for a second, a third exactly. one. Can I yeah. have another? You got another one of those? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we had jerky. We were out fishing today out at Boyson, and we had jerky that was high mountain. And, and uh, gosh, just good. Just good. Yeah. It's amazing it, stuff. It is. And right in our backyard. Right here. Yeah. Yep. So I have to ask about something else, and it's a personal okay. connection that you and I have. But uh, you grew up with Danny and did a lot of fishing with Danny over the years. I wanted to see if you had, like, a favorite story of fishing with Danny that you could share. Because, I mean, I know you yeah. had a ton of them, just we, like yeah, I did. You know, we had we had a lot of fun trips. And, and uh, you know, for the folks who really didn't know Danny because he's pretty, pretty introverted, pretty to himself guy that just wanted to fish all the time. Um, the minute you start talking about fishing, boy, his eyes would light up. <laughs> and, and it, what was amazing is that you could drive to the fishing area and he really wouldn't say much. And then once he starts fishing and he's way outfished you, <laughs> he hands you his lure and he'll show you his rod and stand right here and help you amazing but you know we went when uh high savory over by rollins got um splake in it or that, was it splake or tiger trout no it was splake, splake. that this is dating myself oh, this is a long this time is ago. back in the olden days <laughs> and and splake was a new fish it was like what uh. what the heck is a splake and uh, and then we did the same at High Savory for, for tiger trout. And so both of them there, it was like uh, the first trip was, was for the splake. And, and, you know, gosh, never seen one. What is it? And we got to catch one. And, oh, that was a fun trip. And then years later, we went for tiger and uh, the tiger trout. And it's still probably one of my favorite fish just because they're beautiful. What a, what a gorgeous fish. And uh, so Danny and I made that trek and and he had friends that had snow machines and we crawled in the sleds in the back and and 
and off the back of the sleds and on <laughs> and uh, off we went and went fishing where we'd never been before and uh, drilled holes in the ice and and caught fish and it was oh it was fun that was that was a great trip and uh we uh, the other that probably touches my heart the most is the that he'd asked me a uh, year, about well, two years ago, to go Arctic char fishing with him and said, hey, let's go catch some Arctic char through the ice. And I, I'd said, Dan, I, that's an awesome idea, but I just can't travel that, that I, I don't have time. And he said, well, they're in Colorado. And I said, no, they're not. And he goes, yeah, I've done my homework. And there are Arctic char in Colorado. And he says, I got a trip booked. We need to go. And we went, and oh, it was fun. Geez, that was a great trip, and I'm glad we went. We uh, we we had a good time on that trip, and uh, I learned that uh, Chick Fil A was really important. <laughs> I had no idea that he was uh, a Chick Fil A fan, but uh, every sign we went by, we stopped. So uh, yeah, that was that was a fun. That was such a fun trip, and it was. Awesome. I'm so glad that I that I just made the time and went because, yeah. uh, you know, got to go do it. And, and uh, yeah, we caught kokanee. And he, wow, he schooled me on the kokanee. Um, he did not catch an Arctic char on that trip. And I caught a couple. So that I had to <laughs> kind of keep my head down a little bit there. But uh, since it was his idea and his trip. But, uh, yeah, the kokanee was fun. And, geez, he outfished me. Oh, still, you know, battling mm-hmm. the cancer and really weak and and tired and wore out and still outfished me so it was a good trip one of the toughest fishermen i've ever seen oh unbelievable unbelievable i uh yeah i know you've got a story about him at you know like me away you know being exhausted and still fishing i i can think of a couple of times going down on the river with him and the guy was completely out of gas but he just kept going like oh yeah i mean just insanely tough yeah, and ready to go the next day, even though he could couldn't tie his own shoes. He was tired. He was whipped. He's ready to go fishing. Yeah, and we had that was probably another one of the trips that was just fabulous. Was um, I bought his old Lund boat? It had been setting forever, and I'd been hounding him for it. And he finally sold it to me, and we go out to Camelot, and and uh, he caught a tiger out of his boat. And it was one of the fish that he helped stock. And that was, that was cool. That was really cool. That, that was a moment there. Yep. Still chokes me up. Yep. <laughs> that one was, that was a moment that he did get to get in his boat that he had probably saved for years to buy. And that guy he drug it behind his car because he never wanted a truck because the gas was too much money. And uh, yeah, to, to have him in his boat and catch a fish that he planted that's pretty cool yeah it's cool i'll have yeah. to second that you know patrick took me on a couple fishes with fishing trips with uh, danny and he didn't say much on the drive all no. the way out to where we were going mm-hmm. and then the the one i remember the most was burbot fishing one night i mean we're down there at 10 11 o'clock midnight <laughs> we watched the moon come up <laughs> and you know I'd, I'd never met this guy before patrick is just like hey I'm going to bring my buddy Danny too. Is he all right? That I'm like, yeah, we're going fishing. There's there's lots of water. It doesn't hurt my feelings. And we get down there burbot fishing, and you know, Danny didn't say a whole lot in the car ride at all. Just 
just kind of me, you know, to himself. And we get down there and we start fishing. And Patrick drilled a couple holes for us because obviously Danny was really weak. I mean, it was it was all he could do to get from the car down to the to the ice. And we're standing there, we're fishing for these burbot, and Patrick's like, all right, do this, do this, here's your lure, do this. And Danny's over there, 10 to 1, my fish. <laughs> Finally, he, he comes over, all right, come here, old young man, and he, he starts showing me, well, you got to do this, and this is you're doing this too much, and all of a sudden, I start yeah. catching a few more fish, but yeah, he'd, he'd already, you know, pretty much showed everybody up, I was like, you know, I can go home now. Oh, he had the touch, and and amazing in that, as, as Patrick knows, at any given time, you'd say, remember that time we went fishing? He would know the day, the lure you used. The temperature. The temperature. <laughs> and, you know, that you caught f- four 17-inch f- rainbows. Yep. And you're like, how do you remember that from 10 years ago? And he he knew it all. Yeah, and that was the one thing about Danny was he was, if you said, oh, you're stretching it, ooh, he, he was upset because he was never going to lie about catch oh he never lied to any with uh, ever I, that i know but he never lied about his fish yeah. and he could just tell you that yeah you know i was here three years ago on a tuesday <laughs> <laughs> incredible the 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 memory that that guy had and 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 one of the other stories was we had been out to boyson and caught some perch that were spawning and we had taken them home and his mother was so happy and i still i can't quite get over this but his mom was got to have perch eggs perch and eggs scrambled for breakfast mm-hmm. and i've still i can't do it i just can't do it <laughs> but that was for her that was a delicacy yeah. and i i still don't know anyone else that has that desire but yeah she would <laughs> scrambled eggs and and perch eggs for breakfast so I, yep. yeah it was funny while we were talking. <clears throat> the other thing with Danny is you never wanted to outfish him because if you did, he came back with a vengeance. I remember there was a, a particular, two trips in particular. One, we went late at night to Boyson. We had a special spot that we would go sometimes in the fall. And I managed to have a really good night. I caught four walleyes over 27 inches and one Ooh. that was 30. Wow. And Danny caught like two fish. And I also caught a limit of eaters. Like I was just, I was, you were on fire. My lure was the lure that night. And he said, we're going to go again tomorrow. And (laughs) we're going again tomorrow. I was like, what do you mean? We're going to go again tomorrow. (laughs) I'm good. No, we're going again tomorrow. And he, he caught like 15 and I caught like two. I mean, he was, and he was not talking. I will tell you this. Mm. He, he, he was focused on what he Mm. was doing and boy, he whooped my butt. And then (laughs) there was another time we were fishing below the dam. This was, I don't know, six years ago. And I managed to catch a 31-inch walleye. And he had never caught a 31-inch walleye. So guess what his mission was for like the next six, seven months is he went almost every day down there to try to catch that fish or a bigger one. And I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. He was just very competitive, very driven, but he also like, like Kevin would say, he'd put you right on the spot. He would show you how to do it because he cared about passing that knowledge on to the next generation. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was at the kids rendezvous ponds every year um, I, I mean, he just was there, and I, I just surprised me that he's down there with a cane, waddling along the shoreline, and, and, and neck brace, and, and back brace, neck brace, and and helping those kids 
put worms on the hook and and it just it, yeah it was amazing uh, yeah he probably should have had a huge family because he just his heart was was that big and and uh he's down there i mean he was there first he would be there and help with absolutely everything with the kiwanas and and uh boy he was helping those kids a lot it, mm-hmm. it meant a lot to him it meant a whole lot to him yeah he loved fishing oh boy no doubt about it well, the, no doubt. The, the little tribute wall in, in Rocky Mountain Discount Sports of all his accolades and trophies and awards. I mean, you you go look at that. There's there's more than a lifetime of fishing that I could do up there on that wall. And that's not all of them. I mean, that was that was the it, it, there actually was, there is more. Yeah. But uh, geez, the wall can only hold so much. <laughs> and and that was a, one of the bigger surprises to me is that I knew, I've known Danny. Uh, you know, over 40 years, uh, um, his younger brother, Dennis, and I graduated high school together and we were, we were inseparable and, uh, but we always would go fish with Danny and Danny always had the cool car. And (laughs) so, uh, that's kind of how this all happened. And as his brother moved away, Danny and I started to spend more time, but I, I had no idea that he had really accomplished as much as he did i knew he could fish but when you actually see it on on paper and you see all the just plaque after plaque after plaque you go wow holy cow igfa world record line class and you know freshwater fishing hall of fame record and this and that i mean the guy just had tons of incredible yeah. And here I go fishing with him, and we're in the. He's in the front of Patrick's truck. He's got his neck brace and his cane. And I'm like, I'll get in the back. He's like, No, I will. I'm like, No, I'll get in the back. I'm fine. You can take the front seat, right? And you know, we yeah. go down there, and it's it's not. Do you know who I am, or do you know what I've done? It's just yeah. it's not even a peep. Let's but we fish. get down there, and it's like after he's caught ten burbot to my one, he's like, Come here, I'll, I'll show you a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> so he he really put his money where his mouth was. Oh, he he did, and he boy he'd do his homework when they were looking at tigers to put in the area. I mean, he researched it completely and took it to the game and fish and lander to the biologist and said, "You need to do this." And they said, "We're looking at it," and and I I'm sure he had a lot of influence there because he just brought the homework and just said, mm-hmm. "Well, this would work, and here's why," and and uh, that was that's pretty cool. Yeah quite a passion absolutely and we we got the pleasure all yeah. three of us of of getting to spend some time and fish yeah. with them so if you're out there listening if you want to hear we've got we've got an episode with danny i think yeah. we have yeah number 46 is the the episode talking about his pike slam and you know a lot of people don't know he also had a bass slam and all kinds of other things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the guy would get a goal and he would chase it until he got and it and he would get it yeah. he would he was going to get it yeah yeah. yeah, I just amazed at, at I, I he worked with me at the store in between some of his other careers in life and and you know gosh I remember him calling me one time and saying not going to make it to work Monday I'm at the Rose Bowl and you're like Danny uh, it's Sunday and I just saw you Friday and you're <laughs> where yeah I drove all night. <laughs> and, yep. uh, sorry i can't make it back quick but i'll be there as quick as i can and that's i mean his passions if he had a goal he was going to get it done and he'd he would drive as you know patrick that he would you know on friday <laughs> get off work friday and drive all night to utah 
Yep. Sleep in his car in the parking lot, get up before the fishermen, before the boats showed up on the lake and go fish the shoreline until the boat showed up and then go back and sleep in the parking lot a little bit and then come home. Mm-hmm. And you, my goodness, you, you got 12 hours of driving for four hours of fishing. Yep. Do it every week. I'll never forget this. So going to that exact point, I remember I saw him on a Friday night. I saw him leave because he used to live next door to me. So he leaves and I'm like, well, Danny must be going to Utah. Well, it's like early November. He heads out and I'm like, well, he must be going to Utah or somewhere to fish. I see him pull in. So I'm drinking my coffee the next morning. He pulls in at like 930, something like that. And I was like, well, I'm going to go ask him where he was at. So I walk over there and I'm like, hey, did you go fishing last night? And he's like, yeah, I drove to Pineview, went tiger musky fishing. Oh, I was like, and you're back already? He's like, yeah, I caught a 50-inch tiger oh, musky. And he goes, and I was hoping that you could pull it up on your computer so I could see it because I guess something was up with his computer. So he pulls out this memory card. We go in the house. I pull it up on my computer, and all you can see is, like, half of the fish, but the fish is as big around as, like, a more than a basketball i mean this thing is just giant oh it had to be the head was just huge and danny's doing all he can to hold it because this was while he had cancer and he only got like a portion of the fish but you could tell this thing was an absolute giant tiger muskie probably weighed i don't even know how many pounds 40 50 pounds and he had released it, but he was so excited. He had to get pictures developed, had to make sure that it had saved on his old camera. <laughs> yeah. Like he drove all the way home. It was it was just it was one of those fun stories. But I mean that guy could catch fish. Oh, he could. And and you know, gosh, we could this could go on forever. <laughs> but uh, there was uh, uh, and I was reminded of this story after he had passed was that that Brandon McCarter who owns Rocky Mountain discount sports brandon's father started them and then brandon worked for me and then it later bought the business from his dad and when brandon was working for me danny had said he was going to go ice fishing before thanksgiving and brandon said no you're not you know there wasn't ice and (laughs) you you know you don't you don't challenge danny unless you think you're, you're you're good so uh, yeah, Danny went to Western Nuclear Pond, yep. found ice before Thanksgiving, and he got a newspaper and laid the newspaper on the ice with the fish, <laughs> took the picture, and then brought it in to Brandon. And I don't remember what Brandon had to do. There was there was some humility that <laughs> there was, was there. Mistakes. There was there was something going on there. But Danny, by gosh, he was going to get her done. And I, you know, we so we asked him. We said, "How much ice?" There was a, almost an inch. <laughs> but he got it done he, oh and that was danny and, and there he was picture with the newspaper he had to prove it and he yeah. so and he did it so he set a goal he would do it i and you gotta admire that he uh boy if he if he had something set in his mind he was gonna get it done yep. he's i i never golden trout fished with him because i'm too fat and i'm built more like a desk <laughs> <laughs> and uh he would take when he was on that quest for all of those yep. line class records. He was in the hills constantly, and he would hike. So I've done some of these trips. He would hike in six to seven miles one way early in the morning before it was light, fish all day, and then hike back out 
and oh, get out geez. in the dark. That guy was a machine, uh-huh. an absolute machine. Because I'm, I mean, we're talking starting at eight thousand feet, going up to eleven, twelve thousand feet, and then coming back. Yeah. That is that's, that's doing work. something. Yeah. That's work. You have to be in shape and you have to be driven. Yeah, that's in order work. to get that done. I uh, I do. I have to tell you about this. When he was getting cancer and didn't know it, we had gone that May to Merritt Reservoir in Nebraska. And he was complaining about rib pain and back pain. He didn't realize that he had uh, multiple myeloma. And, uh, but he was like, you know what? He's like, we planned this. It's a Memorial Day fishing trip. We're going to get this done. I want to catch a muskie. And I was like, okay, cool. So we took my bass boat and we went, you know, from, he met me in Cheyenne and then we drove up to Nebraska and we took the bass boat out and he's like, all right, we need to go to this spot and we need to be there at like five o'clock or something, whatever it was in the morning. So we stayed at one of the, one of the campgrounds there, pitched a tent, barely slept, you know, got, got in the boat, went out to this spot and we had fished maybe 10 minutes, something like that. And he caught a nice Northern. You know, we were fishing with musky gear, but he caught a really nice northern. There's a lot of nice northerns in there. And so he was pretty excited, put it back. And I, I, I was like, man, I haven't caught one of these purebred muskies. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, again, you know, still don't know what's going on. Next thing I know, he's hooked up and he's got a big muskie on. And it was over 40 inches. I can't remember if it was like 42, 43 inches. It was real excited. And he's like, there's a lot bigger one in here, puts it back. Well, by the time the trip was all over with, I had zero muskies and I had like three or four pike and he had six muskies and two pike or something like that. And I mean, the guy could just flat get it done. And we were both fishing at one point, the wind came up really heavy. And so we parked the boat and we just wade fished because he was really good at that. He was really good at that. And I remember he's standing over on one side, about 50 yards from me. And we're both just you know, pitching and retrieving, pitching and retrieving. And we see this huge boil and this huge muskie comes out of the water. It was probably a 54, 55 inch, according to Danny, that's what he estimated it was. And he would know because he caught him that up to that size. Yeah. But this fish comes out of the water and it was chasing these bait fish called alewives, just chasing it like crazy. And it comes blowing out of the water and then flops over and splashes really big. And we both just stare at each other like, holy crap did you just see that and next thing i know danny is like wings the cast over there he's trying to catch that thing you know but boy we had we had some amazing times fishing and chasing muskies and brown trout and all kinds of other stuff so yeah i had some good adventures with him too yeah Yeah. (laughs) you got a lot more of them than i did but it's 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 good to be able to reflect back oh yeah yeah reminisce a little bit we had we had a lot of fun we really did we we caught, well, he caught a lot of fish, and I, I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a lot of gear. <laughs> and, and he never, you know, he never packed a lot of stuff. Nope. Um, he had his favorites, and, and uh, he had lots of his favorites, but he didn't, you know, me, I've got, you know, I've got, I can't carry all the stuff I've got, and uh, maybe that's my problem, is I got too many shiny things. But, yeah, he was, he had just his few little specialty things and and uh, geez you could just catch fish and if he said hey we should go somewhere it was probably worth going uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, he introduced me to Sunshine Reservoir, and gosh, we just ice fished that a lot. And Cow Lake, I've never, I've, it's not on the map. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I'll show you where it's at. And, and boy, we, we just had some good adventures. We really did. And we never, you know, I don't think we ever had any major car trouble or anything. <laughs> you know, it, was, it, it was fairly conservative with him. He, was, yeah. he, wasn't, uh, he, he didn't just barrel off into something. He, he had a plan and knew what he was doing, and, and uh, he yeah. just was focused. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to say, this has been a lot of fun. It has. Um, it's been really good to have you on the podcast. And again, I, I just want to say thank you for me for all the years that you put in at Rocky Mountain and, of course, getting Rocky Mountain into our community because that's been such an amazing store to be able to grow up in. You know, <laughs> for me, you know, that's where we went for bait all the time. And that's where we went to get our lures. And, you know, I still go in there to get. No, thank you. Lots of different things. So uh, it's pretty much where I grew up too. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And, and it was great. And it was just dumb luck that I'd made the phone call that that made it happen. But uh, I'm sure glad it did. It, yeah. it, it's been a great ride. And I, you know, I'm just tickled with this community. We just have. This is probably the most caring community. You know, if there's somebody that's that's had a house fire, or there's been somebody battling cancer, or whatever it is boy this town it it really it stands up and helps so that's that's pretty cool it is it's a great place to live i know dave and i are grateful to be here so well i'll say rocky mountain discount sports was one of the top first three or five stores that picked up bow spider right how could you not what a great product <laughs> yeah well but, I, you know, I, and, but I came and no in pressure and said, now but you know what's next <laughs> what's next oh yeah. well the uh, the crossbow model will be available for uh spring awesome. summertime and that's been requested of us really ever since we came out with the bow is hey we'll work on my crossbow hey we'll work on my crossbow so well, the answer is yes it, it now does exist good good so that'll be hanging right there in town next to the others wow that's neat that that's that's awesome and i and you know i hope it just gets bigger and better and greater and you employ more people and and more of the world gets to see what you got yeah we'll keep it going but it's it it does having those retailers you know that having that guy behind the counter that has that product knowledge that can be like hey have you guys heard about this have you seen this <laughs> or a guy comes in and goes you know what I, you know, at some point in time that that bullet manufacturer should come out with some long range, you know, 44 mag bullets. But to have the guy behind the counter go, oh, you're having a problem. Guess what? We've got this product, this solution yeah. for you. And I know a couple guys that have used it. Here's the pros and cons. Here's the plus and minuses. You know, it, it really is kind of a, a tour, a gear guide, tour guide. You know, it's here. Let me let me show you the examples of what we have. Here's the solutions. Here's your price points. I think of optics or rifle scopes right you can lay three on the counter and go mm-hmm. here's your three price points you know good better best here's what you're going to get check them out yeah yeah and that's that yeah and you hope that that's what you're going to get when you walk into a store you really do that's i mean that's why you're in there uh because if you if you already knew it all you don't need to be there but yeah to have somebody that that actually says hey come here let me show you this. Have you seen this? That that's pretty neat, and that's 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 what we tried to do every day. Yeah. That was the 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 neat thing about the job is that uh, sitting behind the counter the last few years that I was there, 
somebody would walk up and it'd be his family mm-hmm. and and it would be a you know dad mom and three little ones and he'd say yeah my dad brought me in here when i was a kid yep and i was wow i didn't get any older how did that happen I, i'm i'm sure i'm not that old yeah. i'm sure of that but yeah that's that was uh uh quite a blessing to 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 be able to hang out and yep. and do those great things and and uh, to uh be let to do those great things that takes mm-hmm. a takes a great owner to be able to say hey i trust you you do what you need to do just make this happen and uh that doesn't happen a lot, and yeah. they, and we we've, we've all of the Rockies have been really blessed to to have those freedoms, and of course we're held responsible too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, this will take you back. So when I was a little boy, I used to go in there to see two people that worked for you. One was Danny, and the other was Bo Tipton. Wow! And both of those guys are killer fishermen. Yes, and I looked up to both of those guys because they could catch anything that swam and so i would come into your store to talk to those two guys because i knew they knew what to tell me to get and how to fish it and so those were the two guys i would come into and of course you know you know bo's been gone for a long time doing other things but and you know danny's passed on but let me tell you those two guys i remember them working the counter and working in the fishing portion of the store they knew what they were talking about yeah they did yeah, good good guys. Yeah, both really good guys. I was lucky to have some some fabulous people that that wanted to be there and wanted to help. And that's that's the important part. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty lucky. So yeah. for those guys out there working behind the counter, go learn the specs. Go use the products. Yes. Know your you know I I'll say that's one thing I I test guys out is going to go hey what <laughs> what's this and if, if they give me the wrong spec or they start trying to fool you it's now now you've lost all credibility with me right versus it'd be safer to say you know what i don't know exactly but let me grab the manual and i'll tell you what the weight is exactly right? yeah because you can't be remember everything yeah and be honest uh, that's yeah. that's probably the 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 redeeming part of it is that that yeah uh, you know if you from a retail end of it if you if you are not totally forthcoming it, it will come back to haunt you and so mm-hmm. just be honest and just say, hey, like you say, you know, I don't know this one. That's a that's a fabulous question. <laughs> Let's, Let's go get find this figured out. out. I'll, I'll call the manufacturer right yeah. now and ask right them, now. get yep. it from the horse's mouth if we have to. Yep. And the other key is don't pretend that you know about oh, something. No. Because so I was at a different store in another state and I was picking up a number eight X wrap, which is one of my favorite lures of all time. I've got tons of fish on it. And the the fishing associate walks up to me and he says, you don't want that lure. I said, oh, really? Why don't I want this lure? (laughs) He goes, oh, it's terrible. They don't run right and they don't catch fish. And I was like, that's interesting. I was like, thanks, thanks for your advice, but I'm, I'm going to buy it, you know, because I needed one on that trip. (laughs) (laughs) And and they're hard to find. But I was just like, dude. D- Danny and I both, between the two of oh, us, have caught lots. so many big fish on these things. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Don't say yeah. that. <laughs> we're, we're back to the guy online commenting about <laughs> sheep feet saying, oh, those only yeah. last one yep. trip. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm two years every day on them now. And yeah, I did wear the uh, the top cushion off 
the the sole was still fine. I sent them back a week later. I had brand new cushion on, and I'm good for another two years of every day. Yep. And you're not walking all a little ways. There's yeah. a couple sheep hunts and goat yeah. hunts and elk there's, hunts in the I, middle. Yeah. Of there's that. some elevation <laughs> that's been, been a lot of miles. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So sheep feet. If if you haven't heard, checked it out. They're they're not a, a an official sponsor, but I know Caleb. I know the product and check them it's out. Good stuff yeah. for sure. Well, Kevin, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I know you were like, well, I don't know what we'll talk about, but yeah. it's been an hour and 20 minutes and we've, we've we done could a go lot of probably talking. Another we could hour, go for another so. couple hours. So, Well, hopefully but. we didn't you know, <laughs> mislead or, or uh, have folks say, wow, who's next? <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it's a good one. And especially for our local folks that have been around you and have been around the stores, I think this is going to have a lot of value and they're going to think about the time when they were a kid and they came into the store and they got their first tackle box or got their first, you know, shotgun, whatever it might be. Um, that was, that was a big reason I wanted to do this because I think for a lot of people, it's been a, a, a big part of our lives. I know for me, like I said, I've been going in there since I was just a little guy. So I'm really oh, grateful cool. for everything. Thank you. It's just been fun. I'm, I was a little nervous as I was driving down. <laughs> okay. What have I got to give? I really don't have a lot to give. But okay. Somebody out there is going to hear this podcast, and when they're driving through Riverton, stop in just to see this store just because of this. Yep. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Because, you know, I, even though I'm retired, it's it's in my blood. It was it was my baby. I uh I put my heart and soul into it, and, and my wife did too. I, you know, as as both you guys know, you can't do what you're doing without a pretty solid anchor. And uh, my wife put in a lot of hours and and helped me with all of it because we really we just jumped in and did it. It's what we did, yeah. and uh, so what a ride, what yeah. a ride. And then hopefully it'll still be here in fifty years, taking care of everybody and yeah. and and. and I know I'm going to keep going there because that's the place I love. But I think there's a there's a golden nugget there for anybody that's starting in any industry, any business. Is you you just had said it, and it's when you see a need, fill a need, right? Instead yeah. of saying, "Well, that's not my job. I work the fishing department, and that's the uh, gun counter." Hey, they're swamped at the gun counter. I'll I'll give you my knowledge. I'll help yeah. you know. I'll roll your sleeves up and get the work done, and the people above you are going to notice yep. real quick. Exactly. Yep. Very true. Yep. Been well, fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. And again, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll come back soon with more Radcast Outdoors. Thanks again for listening to the Radcast Outdoors podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the show. If so, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast and subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating, which really helps other people find the show. You can find all of our shows, recipes, giveaways, videos, and much more at radcastoutdoors.com. While you're there, please help support the show by purchasing a Radcast Outdoors shirt or hat. Please don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a Radcast community on Facebook called Radcast Nation, and we'd love for you to join in the conversation there. And of course, please help support our sponsors who make this show possible. Thank you again to PK Lures, bow spider, and high mountain seasonings. Until next time, get out there and enjoy the outdoors.